0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's time! You asked for it and you got it at brucebuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is happening. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry, we will talk about it for you. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, UFC, film, TV, you name it, we talk about it. And I'm here with my co-host and partner TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? Uh, I'm good you your tone there
1: I don't know if it means I should respond or not or if you just want to like talk to John annick because he's already on the line
0: well you know I always love to talk to John Anik but let's just bring John Anik on with a proper introduction and now our special guest our frequent guest my friend my co-worker and the finest commentator in fighting sports if not any sport today a man who's an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to Sports, football, you name it, conversation never ends with this man because he's always got something to say, and it's interesting. Let's bring on John Anik, my boy.
2: What Here a great it. introduction and humble to be with you guys. Yeah, frequent guest, probably more accurate than special. But, uh, it's frequent. great to chop it up with you guys. And, uh, you know, TJ and I obviously go way back. So when I walked into the T-Mobile arena and I saw the extra round set for my guy um, – you know, it hit me in a good place because obviously, if anybody has put in the time as a mixed martial arts commentator, it's my guy, TJ. So I was very happy to see that for our Bers. And
1: I know awesome. there was ice on the floor of T Mobile on Saturday night, but I think uh, the extra rounds crew were sitting in the coldest part of that building, directly Amazing. under
0: an air conditioning shaft. My goodness, it was not good. Let me tell you, there might have been ice on the floor, but there was fire in the octagon. Holy That's hell, a what a night of fights! By you.
2: Unbelievable. And I think sometimes, Bruce, for you and me, it's hard to put these cards as a whole in their proper historical context. And anytime you try to do it like right after the show, people are going to scream recency bias. But this fight card had it all. And I will just tell you, as a play by play announcer, um, some of these shows can drag over eight hours. And I'll just tell you, this one didn't feel like it dragged at all. And there were bouts, the Mataferri bout, the heavyweight bout that weren't particularly great. And yet, The night didn't feel like it dragged at all. It's great having fans back in the arena. I feel like they're louder. They're like making up for lost time per capita, per person. Um, It was a special night.
1: Can I tell you guys just real quick, you know, I I sat on the concourse all night. I didn't have a seat in the arena, which I actually, in hindsight – kind of feel good about because I could hear the crowd pop in a way that was almost removed from the action. It was a more organic sort of feel that I wasn't getting caught off by like the lights and and, and sounds of things more than just the actual emotion from the fans. And my God, when Nick Diaz made that walk,
0: it's it's one of the biggest pops I think I've heard in in mixed martial arts history, honestly. That and also when I introduced him, normally I block out the audience because I'm just eye to eye with the eye of the tiger or the fighter. I could hear it you know the pop you could feel it right i felt it the pop for nick you know i gave him the biggest thing i could give him at the time but but the pop in the crowd i mean they love nick diaz you know and let me ask you john and tj <clears throat> dana white said he was impressed by nick's performance um we all know nick stopped uh question did nick stop because of the abdominal kicks did he stop because his nose might have been you know shatter or broke or was it just like i'm done let me live to fight another day how do you interpret that john
2: there are a lot of rumblings going around and i will just say on the surface nick was de- dealing with a lot of things he appeared to be in better shape six or eight weeks ago than he actually yes. was on fight night so yes i think Chief among the issues he was dealing with on the canvas in that moment was his nose. It was busted. He felt like the outcome of the fight was an eventuality that he was not going to have enough on the feed. And he kind of knew during fight week, what he was walking into a supremely conditioned Robbie Lawler and uh it was not an optimal training camp for Nick Diaz. Now, these might sound like excuses without me able to back it up with a bunch of facts as to what he was dealing with. Um, But I expect a much better version if he does turn this around in four or six months. I really do. Uh, I thought he had some moments, um, but if I'm really analytically dissecting the performance, um, he looks slow and he didn't necessarily have that look in his eye. You know, you talk eye of the tiger. For him, it's that patented scowl that makes you think he really wants to hurt a man. So, uh, you know, I don't know if he didn't like the matchup. He seemed to intimate during fight week that it came together quickly. Um, there were myriad issues for Nick Diaz and, um, you know, I think, I think the layoff can't be discounted either.
1: Can can I just say that I think it's a a good first step back, you know, if he wants to continue, it's a good first step back. I I think that's the positive. If you want to spin a positive out of it. it, it wasn't what a lot of people wanted from Nick, but it also had flashes of what made him so great
0: back in the day. So Good yeah. for a step back, I'll say. I'm with you on that. I listen when the fighters walk in. If you notice, Johnny, from your your viewpoint, you don't see me on TV, but I don't walk in until the second fighter walks in. Uh the first fighters walked in, then I walk into the octagon. I'm always at the at the point where the referee's checking him out. I'm literally on the other side of the referee. The fighter and I are looking eye to eye. I can tell, I can see it in the eye. I've said this before on the show. I can tell when they're there and when they're not. And um, you you just said it yourself, John that the look in his eye and I didn't see that diaz I love nick diaz I didn't see that eye of the tiger fire you know um when he came in but still when he when it was throwing punches and bunches in the beginning and bobbing and weaving and Crazy all but listen, Robbie was in stellar shape Robbie came in
2: the strength incredibly. and condition for Lawler has been a staple of his last four fights even though he lost the previous four right I mean yeah. he's totally rejuvenated in that Sanford MMA gym and really embracing the role of, you know, grizzled veteran, a role that a lot of people felt like a Lawler type wouldn't want to embrace, that he would right. be, you know, fishing with his son Glenn and not, you know, bringing up the young formative year fighters. And that's exactly what he's doing. So a lot of good things to say about Robbie Lawler. And this was the first time I can ever remember watching a Diaz brother where I wasn't convicted in my belief that they were in 25 minute shape. He didn't have the cardiovascular base to go 25 yeah. hard minutes. And when you're putting up historically crazy numbers in terms of the output, um, you know, I think he gassed a little bit and um, you know, was gonna live to fight another day. But you know, he's established so much goodwill with the fight game that like he can he can bow out of the fight at that point in time and not take too much shit.
0: You know, Nick Diaz uh, could
2: do that.
1: Well, I saw d- sorry, just you're you're right, John. If it's not Nick Diaz, that man is booed. You know, quitting that way. That man is booed, but not Nick Diaz.
0: Oh. Yeah. oh, no question. Nobody's even really picking up on that and making an issue of it. It's Nick Diaz, and let's just leave it at that. I saw him about four or six weeks ago when Audisanya fought, or I forget exactly when that was, and I was in the back uh, after the fight, and Nick walked through, and you're right, John. I mean, he looked incredible shape. I mean, fifteen pounds lighter, God knows what. and he was. And I talked about this on the show, and he, and when I was talking, he goes, "I want him." He goes, "I want to fight." Adesanya, and he was making a real spectacle of himself in the back. Yeah, That was not the Nick Diaz I saw walking the Octagon on Saturday night, shape-wise. But I love Nick. I want to see him come back. If he wants to come back, it's all about, does he want to come back?
1: And that's the thing, too. There's money fights there. Like, I know he's always going to throw out guys like Izzy or uh, Usman. You know, maybe we get a rubber match with Robbie. I don't necessarily need to see it. But if, if Nick wants to fight, like, the idea of Nick making a run at a championship or anything like that, Stop it. Like, that's not a thing. But Nick making, you know, really fine co-main event type money fights or or main event on, you know, uh, know, the odd uh,
0: big uh, pay-per-view shot or or UFC on ESPN type show all day long. I'm all for it. Let's go forward here because we only have so much time with John today. I'm I'm agreeing with all you guys. Today's
2: actually one of the few instances where I have a bunch of time for you. So just so you know, my next media hit is not for... 43 minutes so we
0: got you for the show because i got some pretty interesting shit I to have, talk I about here want, uh
2: at 10 25 a.m pacific is my heart
0: out so that's uh, my heart just, out too i've got a i've got an interview with europe at 10 30 so we're good cut to go me
2: anytime if the content gets stale tj you you can just cut me out of the no, no, <laughs>
0: did, do you just hear bruce buffer say
1: shit because bruce bruce just said the sh- shit bruce yeah. has never said shit on
0: the show ever oh my god that's the first shit i think i have got 13 <laughs> yeah. f-bombs but that's the right. first right uh, C- congrats told. on your first shit there buff Hey, you know what? All I'm doing is looking at John's shirt, thinking one more sleep. I'm looking at my shirt and saying millions.co, and I'm thinking how much I love millions, how much I love John Attic, and how much I love that shirt, John.
2: Yeah, it turned out well. I appreciate that. You know, again, it's sort of weird uh, how it came together, but uh, as I was telling TJ earlier off the air, uh, you know, one more sleep sort of been a calling card. I I started saying it on social media, and then I said it after a weigh-in, uh walking off the stage and it kind of stuck you know like when I was at ESPN I would close every show by saying don't text and drive and my late boss Anthony Mormile was like dude you should use that every show um But for one more sleep, I was walking into a hotel in Glendale, Arizona for a pay-per-view earlier this year. And these dudes started chanting one more sleep and my wheels started churning. And uh, yeah, thanks to Bruce and millions, we got some merch and uh, we're off and running.
1: I I thought Uh, maybe it's because you have three kids and you always need one more sleep. You just
0: don't have the energy.
2: It's funny you say that, TJ, because that's definitely another audience out there. Like when I go pick up my school, my kids at school, that's. They see the One More Sleep gear, and that's their association. So I think there's another market out there for it. There you go. I'm I'm on
0: board. One more nap. I need that. One more nap. Yeah, there's a whole market for it. Well, listen, everybody watching and listening, you want to go to millions.co. You want to check out John Anik One more sleep. Be part of John Annick's crew. Mine, I've got, of course, uh, the It's Time shirts, but this is the Buff Life shirt, right? It's Time, circa 1996. That's the first time I walked in the Octagon millions.co check it out we got athletes from all over the world every single sport you can possibly imagine plus rams cheerleaders um i know britney palmer's talking to them. we're going to make shirts with her artwork on them the whole bit and um it's great but one more sleep check it out john anik that's the name of the game join the anik team okay let's uh let's talk about valentina Shoshenko. she says she wants to fight till she's 50 i believe she will be able to i she is just Probably in my 25 plus year history in the octagon in the sport of MMA, this is the most devastating female fighter flyweight along with the Amanda Nunes that I have ever seen in my life. She is a machine. And when she turned it on to turn it off, it was over. It's like, okay, let's finish. Right. Amazing.
2: Yeah. Uh, we could spend 20 minutes on Valentina Shevchenko. She's probably the closest thing we have to Tom Brady in MMA in terms of her desire yeah. to compete as long as humanly possible, because this is what she loves to do. And she knows no other life than the sacrificial life of a martial artist. So right. she's so conditioned to making all of these sacrifices and she has found a comfort zone uh in terms of her, you know, work-life balance that she very much is aspirational to compete into her 50s. Uh, You know, like you say, 50, it's like, I don't think she'll stop until, you know, her body gives out. It's crazy to think about what she could accomplish if she really does compete into, let's say, her 40s. I think the question is going to become, can we develop 125-pound challengers? You know, can the uh, you know, Macy Barbers and Miranda Mavericks of the world start to develop and really produce a legitimate challenge. If you look at Miranda Maverick, you know, she's very young. Yeah. Um, but how long is it going to take her to, you know, be competitive against Valentina? If you asked her right now, how competitive is she against Valentina? She'd probably tell you she's ready, but probably isn't, you know, so right. Or does Valentina, um, you know, move up to 35 and do the trilogy with Amanda? And there are just so many Hurdles to get that fight signed, um, but yeah, it's Valentina's world right now. We're just living it in Brucey.
0: You know, I'll tell you one thing: if Valentina fights Amanda Nunes at one thirty-five, I know the Cyborg uh, fights. You know, was big with Amanda. man. I know the Rousey fight with Holly and others were big, but I honestly think that'll be the biggest female fight we could ever have.
2: So TG, had- I think that's an interesting disclaimer by Buff because I'm not so sure, and I think that's a big part of the question. It, do the UFC's internal metrics suggest that a trilogy fight between Shevchenko and Nuñez in a series in which Nuñez is up 2-0 on paper even though a lot of us felt like Valentina won the second fight is it big enough right to entice Amanda enough to
0: No no probably not it's not I mean I have to not. say that I wish
1: it was because if you're looking at a pure sporting you know, sense that's the fight to make. She's earned that fight. Uh, unfortunately, the history you know signifies that no, it's it's probably not what is next. uh Being up two zero, and also too just from a metric standpoint, it, it doesn't headline a pay per view. It should. It just
2: doesn't. Um, well, you got to
0: combine it with another fight, really? you know. But I, I see what John's I, I, saying. I don't I think don't Amanda. Think I don't think Amanda might accept it. I don't think she might accept it.
2: Well, there are a couple things with Amanda. Obviously, monetarily, they could make it worth her while, and for Valentina too. You know, there's some navigation there, you know, moving her body up ideally to 141 pounds. So as to cut down or whatever, no, I mean, I don't know what she walks at right now, but for Valentina, she would want to make a concerted six month commitment. I would think to put on muscle mass and add the size, you know? Um, So, and I, I don't think there's necessarily as big a monetary component with Valentina. And then with Amanda, how many times does she want to cut down to 135 pounds the rest of her career? You know, her next title defense might be one of her toughest against Juliana Pena, who Valentina beat in a blink in a main yeah. event in the city back in the day, right? So if you're asking me how many more cuts to Bantamweight does Amanda Nunes have, I don't think that many, two or three. So there are a yeah, lot yeah. of variables. Um, yeah. And for Amanda, because she's up 2-0, does she want to put that part of her legacy on the line and give Valentina that opportunity? Um, my instincts tell me no.
1: I mean, that's a great question. You know, what what is the sort of emphasis and, and impetus for someone like Nunes to do it? But I will say this on the, on the tip of uh, Valentina Shevchenko and also po- pose this question to both of you guys because I feel like we're seeing it to a certain extent. Um Shevchenko fighting into her, you know, late 40s, 50s, if she wants to do it. I feel like she's the athlete to do it. But I also feel like the window for women is a little bit longer than it is for men. And I don't know if it's necessarily because we see some women not really get into mixed martial arts until their 30s. Uh, but but that window does seem to be exceedingly longer than their male counterparts.
2: I think it's a great point. You look at somebody like Marion Renault, who got a late start and competed in the UFC until she was 44, I believe. Mm. The question beckons for Valentina. I know she keeps herself in great shape, leans into all the recovery stuff, but, you know, she's been mixing the martial arts for, you know, 20-plus years, right? She's been doing martial arts since she was three years old or five years old. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how her body is going to hold up. But um, I just really hope that we can round out the division. Um, And, again, promotionally speaking, right, you're talking about a play-by-play guy that got excited to call Shevchenko versus Andrade. Uh, and the fight was not competitive. And TJ and Bruce, we were told that Valentina was sick as a dog going into that Andrade yeah. title defense back in April of this year. And in our fighter meeting, I'll tell your audience only, she looked white as a ghost. I mean, yeah. like she looked ill. Yeah. And look at how she disposed of the number one contender. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be on the UFC to try to develop some of this talent and to uh, find the fighter that we're not thinking of to uh, to she- really challenge her.
0: She's a beast. And with that being said, let's go on to the featherweight title match. Or should I say Rocky one? Wow. Honestly, John, uh, my listen, I'm friends with Ortega. He has the heart of a champion. He didn't make the fight. We can go through all the drama here. The third round, one of the greatest rounds, I think, in the history of, of fights inside the octagon. The fight question is, should it have been stopped is going to be a key question on my conversation with you today. It wasn't stopped. It turned out to be great. I don't like seeing Brian take that kind of punishment as he did with Holloway and now taking it again, but bonus given or not, that fight was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm still
2: reeling. Yeah. I'm still reeling three or four days later. Uh, I don't think any of us like seeing T city take that type of damage. And I can assure you with how, how twisted that whole referee ringside physician conversation was that if this was a non-championship affair that fight would have been stopped and you know i've said on your airwaves before you know this is how boxers get really hurt um sometimes fatally and we're not going to know how damaged ortega is uh for years to come years i mean yeah it's a fractured orbital and he wants to get back on the horse Um, And he's certainly one of the best fighters in the world, but he has taken a significant amount of damage in these two title shots and um, this is not a recipe for career longevity so should the fight have been stopped. I really think it's a hard one, especially for the Henner Gracie's of the world in the corner right because your guy gets a championship opportunity and it puts you in a really difficult spot, Uh, especially When he comes back and wins the fifth round, I think people are leaning too much into the fact that he won the fifth round because largely I think that's neither here nor there Volkanovski didn't need to win the fifth round. Right. But that just fuels those who think the fight should not have been stopped because Brian was still competitive, even though he was probably ground out. You know,
1: I think the answer as to whether the fight should have been stopped will probably play out of the next two to three Brian Ortega fights. And if Ortega doesn't find himself back in the championship mix, then people are going to say, depending on how he doesn't win those fights, if he's stopped or anything like that, they're going to say, well, you know, it goes back to that Volkanovsky fight. But the bottom line was that was one of the, the most I- insane fights I've ever seen in UFC championship history.
0: Most insane fights. And also, too, the, you know, the bench is so thick and uh, at the featherweight division. Brian's, you know, back on maybe a year plus before he even gets a chance for a title fight. I do not see a rematch happening here. Obviously, the broken orbital is going to keep him out for three to six months. um, And Volkanovski is going to definitely have to fight again. Who's his next opponent, John?
2: So it's interesting, right? So you have this fight between Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez on November 13th. Yeah. And I think if that fight were to fall apart again for any reason, uh, then you would have Max Holloway and Volkanovsky in a trilogy. And if, if I'm Alexander Volkanovsky, that's the fight that I am pursuing right now. To get clarity, to get finality, the second fight between Volkanovsky and Holloway was close, right? I'd have to watch it back, honestly, because of the time that has elapsed to tell you who I thought won it. Um but Volkanovski is an absolute warrior and absolutely needs to be celebrated after this win. I mean, look at his wins list, right? Holloway twice, Jose Aldo, Chad Mendes, you add a Brian Ortega. It's absolutely incredible what he has done. Certainly if Yair Rodriguez beats Holloway, I think that would be the fight that you would make, but now you have a calendar issue, right? Because that fight's not happening till November. When does Volkanovski want to defend the title? Um, but let me just say this about Volkanovski, right? He had a point to prove because, Well, for more reasons than one, you're the champion. You're always the hunted. But, you know, there was a lot of noise that Holloway was the uncrowned champion. So Volkanovsky had a point to prove. And it's not just the toughness. It's it's his technical ability to get out of these submissions. But offensively, look what he accomplished in this fight offensively, right? Um, He was already, you know, top five pound for pound. Um, but now when I talk about Volko and I talk about him as being one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world, like I really believe it with every ounce of my being, you know,
0: I absolutely agree with you and you know, it's great. Listen, Australia is going crazy my email and, and I bet. Direct messaging has been going off the hook from the fans in Australia, loving the fact that Alexander won. I like Alexander. I love him in his post interview. I love his honesty and his humbleness that he says I was gurgling. I was ready to go. I don't even know how so many words, how I made it out of that. It was one of the most dramatic moments I've ever seen in our sport that could have turned around where Brian could have been crowned champion at that given moment, proving the beauty of mixed martial arts. And it doesn't matter how it can turn at any, any second. So this fight had every bit of drama, every bit of everything you could possibly put into it. I never like to see fighters get hurt. I know you mentioned that, John TJ, I know you the same way, but the entertainment value we got out of it was tremendous. I just hope that the longevity of Brian Ortega continues because you cannot fight like this every time. You just can't.
2: Yeah, no. And he's not going to be fighting for the belt anytime soon. And I think his, his next fight, uh, whether it's a five round main event title eliminator type fight or what, uh, to TJ's point, it's going to be very telling. Um, but he's a tremendously skilled individual has every bit of that Los Angeles breaded toughness that you could possibly want. I mean, the heart is just, I can't even relate to it. You know, um, But again, the visuals at the end of round three, TJ, right? With him laying on the canvas, you know? I mean, it's like some of these doctors and referees, and I say this with all due respect to your friend Herb Dean, right? Some of these referees and doctors don't give a shit about, um, you know, that the fans want the fight to continue or that there's a belt on the line. You know, fighter safety is always at the beginning of their forefront. And I think that it's just a very difficult ask you know, to to have a referee in a championship fight, you know, you know, do what a lot of us perceive to be right. I don't even know where I stand on this particular stoppage, but I just think, uh, I don't know, man. You know, this ain't going to do nothing for Brian long term. This is concerning. I mean, real quick, how concerning.
1: how important was it that Brian was basically prone in his corner at the end of round three? If he wasn't in his corner, that'd have been real bad.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I didn't. Uh, it, it's like he wasn't the doctor wasn't getting the responses he was looking for no and yet the fight continued. so what are, yeah. what are we doing exactly you know exactly
0: um, exactly
2: so is it and you know and and some say oh maybe it's going to take a, a fatality to affect change you Oof. know um uh,
0: i don't even know no not on my shift not on your shift not on any shift i don't want to see it happen i'd rather be the first one to go before a fighter like i've always said it's tough right there let me let me let me get that that notice if it ever happens in the future
1: i I will say this real quick too though uh if you look at fights from 10 years ago and look at fights today cuts don't stop fights anymore and i think you know we're starting to see uh concussive blows uh also really not
0: stop fights the way that they used to Uh, well at least at least it's not boxing where you get hit you fall down you get a 10 count to stand up only to get hit again and fall down you know at least when we recognize it right Barring it, the controversy over this fight, we're talking about it's stopped in time. So it,
1: it's still safer, I guess, than than boxing at the end of the day, which to in, me, respect to is, the fight, yeah, in respect, the training,
0: sure, in no, respect agree, to the fight, yeah. Not in respect to the training. Sure. No, I agree. I agree
1: with that. I mean, training is a whole other situation altogether. I think actually Where training most, practices have gotten a lot better over the last 10, 15
0: years, but uh you're right. Exactly. All right. Great night of fights. Uh we got an interesting night coming up uh this weekend. I'll be back. John, are you here this weekend? I am
2: not. I'll be back October 9th for uh, Mackenzie Dern's first main event.
0: John Anik, would you like to stay over and go to the Raider game with me on October 10th? (sighs) Wow. Um, I'm announcing again on October 10th. We can talk about it. uh, Yeah, I got people. That
2: sounds uh, very appealing.
0: Yeah, I got people standing in line that want to go. Even uh, our buddy, Zach, (laughs) Zach Andino. It's like, I'd love to take Zach too. But if you stayed over, you know, that could be a weekend. We could enjoy the Raider game.
2: Man, you're speaking my language.
0: Okay. By the way, yes. as we're on the top of the Raider game, they're three and O now first time in 19 years. Yep. Um, I'm having a tuxedo made with the Raider logo on the back. I'm waiting to get the okay on that looks incredible, but as superstitious as teams go, they don't want me to wear anything other than that outfit I've been wearing for the last two appearances. As we move Where forward. Did that directive come from. Can I ask that as far as. To not change your suit. The guy, my my man, Justin, who, who's the head of it, is like they're also tickle pink with everything. And then he's like, yeah, I'll see if I get the okay for the jacket. Then after the win, he's like, I don't know. We may need to just keep you in the same, that jacket, which I was going to wear every game anyway. There's superstition. So who knows how you, it'll you, fall? You, we'll see. You,
1: you need to benefit from that superstition. So if they're still undefeated when that happens and then you do the announcement and they win again, you need to say, well, clearly you need to employ me for every home game. Yeah, I'm already. Story. No, that's done. Oh, so it's every home game.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I if I uh, if I can make they want me every game. They want me all the way through to the Super Bowl in 2024. The reaction's been Perfect. tremendous. Perfect. No, I'm the Raider guy now. And I'm not, not because my Eagles are, are playing like shite, but they are playing like shite. So I think I got to enjoy my Raiderdom right now. Sorry, Philadelphia. I'm still always my heart is with you. But my God, you know, get some defense. What's going on here?
2: Well, and how could you not root for the Raiders in the AFC, given your alignment with the franchise now? I mean, I exactly. know you're an L.A. guy, but you never rooted for the California teams because of your Philadelphia,
0: Philadelphia group, right.
2: obviously. So it's not like you ever, like, rooted for the Rams, you know? So no. the Raiders should be your team, you know? Yeah.
0: no Rams but you didn't the call. The Eagles Raiders sure you shit aren't
2: going anywhere. What's that? Respectfully, I don't think your Philadelphia Eagles are going anywhere. I mean, they I'm... have a lot of talent, but a lot of it's young.
0: Yeah. A lot of it's young. They got to regroup the team and my heart will always be with them. Let me say that for a public note. I love Philadelphia. I love the Philadelphia Eagles. I love the Phillies, you know, the flyers, the whole nine yards. But the bottom line is um, I'm having a great time with the Raiders. Uh, it's been incredible. The reaction has been incredible. I can't begin to tell you the feeling of being in front of 70,000 or more people doing uh, what I yeah. do. It's it's amazing. And if you go with me, John, you'll get the feel. You'll be right there beside me. It's 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 very, Kitty and I went and we just it, it was incredible. And then um, when she and I were sitting in our suite, you're going to love this. Two suites to the right is Dan Marino. I sent you this. Yes. Four left minutes them. left in the game. They're down, what, 10, 11 points, whatever it yep. was. He left. And two minutes later, they're tied in one of the greatest games of the season so far. As part owner or whatever, all respect to Dan Marino, I'm a huge fan of Dan Marino. But, my gosh, you don't get up and leave, right? You, you fight to the end. Am I wrong? Well, I mean,
2: I have – a historically awful awful story about leaving a game early bruce right i mean when adam venateri made the kick in the snow that led to the new england patriots oh my god super bowl championship this came after the famed tuck roll fumble from tom brady right so i'm a patriots fan in the building in the snow and tom brady fumbles the football oh so I fucking get up and go to my car and then I hear this big roar I go racing back to the stadium to try to get back in the building because the call got overturned and they wouldn't let me back in the building so I could appreciate Dan Marino wanting to beat the traffic and not for nothing I watched that whole game buff Miami had no business being like I know some people say oh Dolphins plus four and a half if you had lost that bet it would have been a bad beat like Oh, I don't know, man. I didn't feel like Miami had any chance to win. So I'm going to pardon uh, the Hall of Famer, Dan Marino. I understand people want to pile on him, but uh, I don't know.
0: I'll um, give a pardon, too. It was just quite fun to be there and to see him get up and leave. Yes, yeah. Like,
2: yeah. This team still lost, so.
0: <laughs> All good. All right, a few other things happening in sports. Um, by the way, let's give it to the Raiders. Let's give it to the Rams. Who else is undefeated this season, John?
2: The Denver Broncos, although they have fought the – fought. They have beaten – the laughing stock of the NFL, essentially, right? The Giants, right. that's Jets, and the Jaguars. So, um, but you know, I believe in Denver a little bit. You know, I, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, man, has just exceeded all of my expectations. So, Broncos are still undefeated. Um, I don't think the Rams have lost a football game. So, they look probably like the best team on paper right now. Um, yeah. But good. We'll see. I mean, obviously, all of us in New England are uh, getting primed for Sunday night football as Tom Brady returns to Foxborough. To take on the Pats, and I think the Buccaneers are going to smoke New England, but I'm hoping Belichick can pull something out of his ass this weekend. We'll see.
0: Well, one thing that's always true is when Tom Brady takes a defeat like he took last weekend, he notoriously comes out like a bat out of hell the next week, team and everything. You know, get that coaching together, figure it all out, but you're you're going against Belichick, you're going against New England, and you're in New England can't wait for that for a lot of reasons which i know you share the same sentiments for let's talk about john uh, jones Uh, john jones called me last week after i appeared for the raiders haven't spoke to him in a year we had a wonderful 15 minute conversation humble as can be you know god bless all this stuff uh really proud of my career and it was so exciting to see me on the on the uh, stadium you interview him for 45 minutes on friday night he goes to the hall of fame four hours later he's arrested for domestic abuse which has now come out and i'm not trying to cast any aspersion i'm just Talking facts: an assault on his wife. You know, she was found with the bloody lip, the bloody shirt, the blood in the bed, the kid and her down at the at the uh, hotel lobby, and the kids saying, "Can you call the police?" Not good stuff. He gets arrested, head butts the car, sends chips of paint up from the car, and supposedly even says something the effect of taking on the officers. Alcohol is a very bad thing for John. There's a lot of demons there. God knows what else, if anything else, was involved with the situation. But this is so disturbing on so many levels. I'm going to say one last thing before any comments from you. This is an athlete like Conor McGregor that could have gone on to make hundreds of millions, if not close to a billion dollars in his career. He made his 20, 30 estimated whatever it is with the UFC. It's a tragic situation to see such a potential role model and probably still the greatest athlete, the greatest MMA fighter ever um, skill wise, set wise to walk in as a, as a goat in the octagon. But yet to have all this happen, it's like go 10 steps forward and 20 steps back, you know, and oh, yeah, it is
2: really profoundly sad and crazy when you think about the hundreds of millions of dollars that he has left on the table, you know, that could have uh, provided for generations to come. Um, but that is a small part of this whole issue. You know, I will say John Jones one-on-one is just unbelievable. Like yes. such a good dude, right? Like, yes. so Buff referenced my 45 minute chat with him and this was just backstage while Kevin Randleman's widow, I believe was speaking, accepting the hall of fame induction on his behalf. We're just in the back talking Bruce. His cell phone's nowhere to be found. He's looking you in the eye the whole time. He's totally engaged, asking about my kids, asking about how the job is and what it's like working for Dana and all that stuff. Asking about television. Um, and then six hours later, obviously, he turns it up and uh, yeah. you know gets himself in trouble yet again. It's really sad. You know, the family was in great spirits all night. His fiance. Jesse was welling up with tears as he was accepting the induction. He killed the speech. Everybody was excited for him back at heavyweight. Such a um, lovely woman. she is. There, okay. Like I don't drink very often. Right. I'm a cannabis guy. I don't drink a lot of alcohol. Okay. But when I do drink, like I get like sloppy. Right. And you know, I get focused on the opposite sex. Right. Some people get angry. Right. And if you're synergizing another substance with the alcohol, then who knows? And you Know obviously, whatever he's doing is um having a really bad effect on his decision making late in these evenings and early in these mornings, and obviously, when the kids are involved, you know, um, as his kids get older, right? Google and daddy, you know, like it's uh, it's tough stuff,
0: you know. Um, so I don't know, man. Horrible thing for a child to witness whatever level of domestic abuse happens between their mom and dad. It's just a just the thought of that is is.
2: Even for kids seeing verbal abuse, right? Yes. Even for the few times where maybe I don't talk to my wife in the way that I should, they yeah. shouldn't see that,
0: you know? Right. Agreed. So agreed. Enough said on that.
2: So hope I'm the demons nice get to out. I'm gonna be nice, nice to my wife tonight. I wasn't really gonna
0: <laughs> nice sounds perfect listen one thing and last thing on john jones if you want to get away from the arrest he's at 250 pounds he's slowly been going up in weight for a year now working the muscle working everything to become a heavyweight i can't wait to see him fight at a heavyweight we just don't need this shite you know he doesn't need it either so let's see how this develops and how the ufc handles it because obviously they got to wait and see the legal ramifications of what he, what is involved here.
2: And it seems as though his fiance ever by his side was, you know, trying to already help him, you know, I mean, once a domestic violence situation is in the hands of the law, I can tell you from experience, not my own, but of people who are very close to me, you know, sometimes it depends what County you're in and how, the history of that County has been in terms of domestic, violence. you really don't know exactly how this is going to play out for John. Um, But, you know, he's not looking at extended jail time. And, um, you know, to those who think that this is the last straw um, and want it to be, um, I think they're going to be surprised that he is, is back, you know, sooner than they think, but um, it's sad. It's just a sad, it's
0: sad. I'm sure the UFC would do everything they can to make that happen. Another sad situation that's been ongoing for years from a past MMA fighter who fought in the UFC Jason Mayhem Miller was arrested again for felony domestic abuse, resisting arrest. Um, At this point now with all his things that have happened to him, uh, he's probably going to wind up in jail on this one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think.
2: Yeah. 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 And again, another good dude, another guy who's great one-on-one, but just can't, uh, Seemed to get out of his own way, you know, and for him, obviously, you know, once the uh, the charges and the arrest start to pile up, obviously, the leash gets shorter when it comes to the judges and all that stuff, you know, so.
0: Exactly. Um, Floyd Mayweather open to fighting Oscar De La Hoya. Once more than a million, hundred million dollars with all these exhibition fights going on, this one wouldn't be an exhibition, obviously be in a professional level. Does that interest you to see Floyd and Oscar go at it at this uh, bladed age? And also uh, Manny Pacquiao announced today he's done with boxing. He's not going to box anymore.
2: So I got into mixed martial arts because I hosted a boxing radio show, essentially. So I covered so much of Manny Pacquiao's prime and so many of the smaller fights of his career. I was in the building for and just what a class act and what a legend. And Very much. You know, I was a Mayweather guy. So like Pacquiao was never my favorite fighter, Uh, but you can see why I guess Marco Antonio Barrera and Bernard Hopkins were really the guys for me, but you can see why Pacquiao was like everybody's favorite fighter because of his style. So I covered De La Hoya Mayweather when it actually mattered. So I don't know if that heightens my appetite to see them do it again, or if it lessens it. Right. I think because I covered the first one, you know, Part of me has a little bit of an appetite for the rematch, but I don't know right. what that fight's doing for anybody. That that would appear to be a very one-sided meeting in 2021.
0: All it's doing for is anybody is lining their pockets with money.
1: D- Doesn't John Anik own, like, the ugliest money team hat on the planet? <laughs> yeah, there it is. The ugliest one on the planet. Let me see it. I can't see John. Terrible looking. Looks terrible. good on him, but terrible when it's not terrible. on him.
0: Money, 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 money. Oh my god, look at that thing. Jeez. It looks like the the Ninja turtles. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. Look at that.
2: But I got it in Mexican colors. You see? Okay, is that what that is? Okay,
0: I I like that. That's better. That's better. That's better. Hey guys, Tyron Woodley got his finger tattooed. I love Jake Paul. I think he's gonna have to enjoy the tattoo because I do not see that fight happening again.
2: Man of his word. TJ probably doesn't want to hear this, but it's like, for those out there, I love tattoo bets. Okay. I've done four of them in my life. If you are doing a tattoo bet, design it, design the premise around a tattoo that you want, or that you would be okay having on your body for the rest of your life. Like tattoo bets are great, but like why would anyone do a tattoo bet for something like I love Jake Paul and have to look down at that for, right? Like you don't think my two Oh nine tattoo has aged gracefully, right? Like I can't, I love looking down at this fucking thing.
0: Yeah. It's aged gracefully, but every time Tyron picks his nose, he's going to see, I love Jake Paul going in for Terrible. the kill. I don't Terrible. get it. Yeah. There yeah, are ways
2: he- to creatively do a tattoo bet. um, And it without having it be something that you regret, like real quick, Bruce, the first tattoo bet I ever did was if Betch Cohea beat Ronda Rousey, I was going to get the Brazilian flag tattooed on my inner forearm. And at that point, I'd been to Brazil 24 times. That nation holds a tremendous place in my heart, right? So I didn't expect Ronda to lose to Betch, you know, but had she, like, I would have been okay having the Brazilian flag tattooed on me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it.
0: I think that was a very safe bet. (laughs) Yeah, but so was Nate Diaz to lose
1: to
2: Conor McGregor. It really was. I mean, the, you know, we did Usman Mosfidal too. you know, the game bread tattoo bet that appeared safe to people. There's always risk, though, you know,
0: always risk. I know you're a Michael Jordan fan and they just auctioned off a very important uh, piece of garment he wears. His underwear. It, yeah, his underwear went for three thousand, almost three thousand dollars. The final bit of twenty seven eighty four for his underwear.
2: How about that? Well, let me tell you. I'm not, I'm not a Michael Jordan fan. I'm a Larry bird fan and I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. So, uh, uh, but Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. Best two-way player ever. Sure. For sure.
1: I'm a Kevin Garnett fan. You're welcome, Boston. Well, and you know what
2: TJ Uh, you talk about good human beings that resonate with that city. Like Kevin Garnett is getting his number five retired and he didn't spend that many years in Boston. Right. And they're running out of numbers in Boston. he, deserves that so much man he made such an impact on that city and uh if if you were ever going to retire a number for a guy who was only there for like four or five years that's the guy i'm really happy that they had the stones to to do that you know
1: minnesota the backbone behind so many boston championships you got the celtics you got uh, david ortiz and the red Sox.
0: you're welcome you're welcome Boston. awesome two more things real quick on the collectible end abe lincoln's death certificate um, is going up for sale. They figure the asking price will be 425000 That sounds very reasonable.
1: See, that's cheaper than I would think. Like I would I think mean, so, that's too. That's super historic. I, I mean, I don't know what the the historical collectible market is like, but, but that'd be something that, that'd be the masterpiece of
0: many collections, I would think. I would think so. There's so much drama around that death certificate, obviously, for obvious reasons. And another thing, too, my UFC 257, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier cards, Just set a record in my sales of my handheld octagon cards, the actual Poirier McGregor card, the single card sold for thirty eight hundred dollars. Wow. And the rest of the cards in the set sold for twelve hundred seventy four. It came out to about fifty five hundred breaking the record for a previous set, which was the Amanda Nunes um, Cyborg set that sold for almost uh, forty. It sold for forty eight hundred. Which is what Dan Dan Lambert paid all that, didn't he? Dan Lambert bought the card for 4,200 while other people bought other stuff. In this case, this was not Dan Lambert. This was another buyer. So they just set a new record, 5,500 for a set of cards. It's great. Crazy.
2: No, I mean, that's a great souvenir. There's nothing like that in terms of, of a souvenir, right? A handheld announcer card, you know?
0: Yeah. It's I'm sorry. I don't mean to blow my own horn. It's just, I know it's a one of a kind, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. collecting industry is so big out there and that's why john as we always talk everything you write all your production cards money 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 don't throw those things away i have
2: a fighter card library right behind me of of i think over five thousand handwritten cards or something it's crazy
0: when you're ready i got the man for you my man who does this i'll set you all up
2: yeah i mean for me it's a little uh tricky right because i need the information so i have to figure out a digital system yeah we talked about that and uh but we'll get there we'll get there
0: so who out last story before we sign off? Who owns a, a Roomba? You know, those automatic- I have one. Well, they just came out one now that has some whatever that term is, knowledge, AI knowledge in it, that it will avoid smearing dog poop all over your house. Because the problem with the Roomba is that when it hit. Dog That's poop, a real thing. You. Let me tell you, that is yeah. a real thing. It's not a fun thing either. Well, now you got a new one. It avoids oh, the dog right. poop. It, wow. dude, it's bad. It's bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, my wife and I had it prior to having dogs and then the dog did the thing and we weren't home and yeah, it was a, a whole Man. piece of
0: art. All right, everybody. The I morning, want to thank my, I want to thank the sponsors real quick before we sign off FanDuel. Everybody check out FanDuel for your betting on sports, fantasy sports, the whole bit. Um, my ambassadorship with FanDuel is continuing. Puncher's Chance. Just came out in uh, Alabama and Pennsylvania, selling through the roof. And you know where it sells? One of the biggest markets we have is Florida, John, where you live. And it's Time Energy, big hit in the UK after being released on Amazon. We'll be here in the States within the next couple of months. So things are rocking and rolling on my end, uh, and things are rocking and rolling on our end. So let me hear about John Anik. What's going on with you, Johnny?
2: Nothing about me. Just parting note on a UFC athlete to show you how quickly it can happen, right? Chris Stock wow. is UFC heavyweight. He is four and zero in the UFC with as many knockouts, right? Rumblings that he might get a main event against Derek the Black Beast. Yeah. Lewis. And I said on the broadcast this weekend, right, that Chris said last week before he knocked out Shamil Abdurahimov and looked even better than he had in his previous fight, he said he wants to go down as the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time, and I brought it up on the broadcast. And DC kind of laughed a little bit because he's just getting going. You know, he devoted 10 years of his life to being a cop. Right Now he's training full time and look at him now. And it just speaks to the power of self-belief, you know, because Stipe Miacich, when he, when he got knocked out by Stefan Struve in a main event in Nottingham, England in 2012, no one thought he was going to go down and be the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. So why not Dawkins? I don't know. That's inspired me. Um, so I don't know. My, well, you know, my, my kicker today is is not a plug of the Anakin Florian podcast.
0: I'm very happy you brought him up because I had a note here to talk about him because there was a couple of people I wanted to, you know, say that did great on the show, Docus you know, Philadelphia boy.
2: Get him on. It's time. I mean, he's from Philly.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea. You know, I'll definitely just. Does Felder know how to get a hold of him? Or, of course, I'll, I,
2: I got you. As yeah, long as you yeah, I would love to have him idea. on.
0: I'd love to have him on. I even said after he won, I go Philadelphia, baby. And he had a big smile on his face yeah, and, you yeah. know, it was, it was great, but he yeah, doesn't what root a for the
2: Raiders buff. I'm like you. He doesn't root for them. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes a lot of money cuts a lot of family ties. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> just kind of kidding <laughs> TJ.
1: What's up? Uh, what's going on? Thursday, I'm going to Cancun uh, on UFC Fight Pass. We've got uh, the debut of Medusa, which is all-women's uh, submission grappling event. It's combat jiu-jitsu and EBI rules. So check that out. And then on Sunday, it is combat jiu-jitsu Worlds, the middleweights, I believe. Uh, 16-man one-night tournament with uh, slap fighting, essentially. is Eddie Bravo oh. hates it when we call that, but it's it's, yeah. it's a good time down in Cancun. Very, hey, very Bruce. cool.
2: One yeah. quick thing. Um, yeah. if you go to UFC.com right now, um, they sort of did an embedded style, uh, feature last week. I had a camera crew with me the whole time. Followed me to my room. TJ might enjoy seeing me do my voiceovers in my room. Um, and my inability to keep my body quiet. Um, but it's like an eight minute video on UFC.com it's international fight week with John Anik and, uh, all sorts of behind the scenes stuff from the hall of fame. Um, sure. And I think it's probably uh, in this day and age in which people enjoy behind-the-scenes content. It's a good inside look at what my fight week entailed. So if you want to check that out at UFC.com, a lot of people worked hard to put that together.
1: Our remote remote voiceover is the worst, John. Like, I I hate doing them. Like, I always worry about my neighbors being, like, ornery with me and when i do it at home i do it in my car and then people freak out because i'm acting like a lunatic in my driveway it's yeah. it's the worst
2: i can't tell you how many times there will be a fighter filming me like outside the room and then i'll finish my voiceovers and i'll go on social media and they're filming yeah um, right that's well that's why you try to be a one or two take guy otherwise you really upset the neighbors
0: i just brought it up under videos on usu.com and i'm gonna watch this after my interview uh, while i'm working Thanks, my man
2: you, i appreciate that
0: and check it out. Absolutely. I w- w- don't want to miss this. All right, everybody. I will see you from the Octagon on Saturday. Uh, what do we have here? Saturday. Johnny Walker, Tiago Santos back. That's going to be fun. Oh, right?
2: Yeah. Great. Yeah. Meeting.
0: Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins. That's going to be fun. Well, the
2: card's actually quite deep. So
0: what is? Yeah. The card's very deep. Uh, yeah. Misha Sirkinov, Chris Jocko, Olivera's back, I I Nico believe. Price. Yep.
2: Yeah,
0: it, yeah. That's not a typical
1: fight night card by any means.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Bechcohea. She's back fighting Carol Rosa.
2: Bechcohea is fighting this weekend in the UFC, huh?
0: Yeah. Bechcohea oh, is fighting Carol Rosa in that. the band waiting in the prelims. How about that? How about that? Okay, I cool. I got my I'm eyes sorry. on
2: that Ace, Aspen Lad Macy Shasson fight. Um, you know,
0: yeah, I don't that, know. I'm oh, sort well, of like basically.
2: hyper-focused on like the women at 25 and 35 right now to see what's going to play out. Cause, uh, I'm like obsessed with this Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Man. I'm obsessed
0: with her too. You know, it was so nice when she was walking out, and she didn't have to, but she broke away from the crowd and she came over and gave me a big hug.
2: Yeah, that
0: meant so much to me. The respect from it, fighters man. after their wars—it's awesome. Awesome. Well,
2: thanks for having me, boys. Always good to chop it up with you guys. TJ, great to see you, Buff, my man. I will see you. Uh, I guess middle of October. Abu Dhabi's right around the corner too. So.
0: Yeah, and then we got New York the next week, right?
1: Yeah, hey, I think New York. I think I'm going to see you guys in New York. Well, awesome. I'll be there. I don't know if I'll see you. I didn't see either of you in Vegas.
0: No, well,
2: I, New York could be different. I'm surprised we didn't cross paths when I came back up there to do the post fight show. But um, hopefully, in New York City, we can we can shake hands. Too. That'd be fun.
0: Yeah. I'm going to come all the way back to LA. Assume you're going back to Florida and then back to New York, right, Sean? No, I'm staying the whole time. Oh, you are? Yeah, I can't do that. I got to get back okay everybody thank you for tuning in thank you for your videos coming in on cameo your cameo orders your orders for brucebuffer.com you're keeping me very 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 busy and i'm loving every single minute of it i will see you from the octagon on saturday night and have a great week john love you brother always great to have you on the show and i'm i'm kind of bummed that we were not going to see each other for a few weeks but we'll be talking
2: we'll be talking love you boys thanks for having me and uh we'll be watching this weekend
0: Love you too, John. Love you too. TJ, much love my brother, my producer, and everybody set your goals, write them down, learn about everything you need to know about. So when you step on that golden path to your future, you be the best you can be, whether you're first, second, third champion, you name it, if you're performing your best, then you're winning. And that's what we're all about in this time radio. And that's what all about I am in my life. It's about being the best you can be winning and being a role model to your sphere of influence. With that note, have a great week. I'll see you next week. Buffer out.